Jason, do you have a story to comment? Um, so I put up a, a, a list of, of, of notes. And one thing that you should understand when Martin and I present together is that it's going to be a lot of information, some of which we anticipate telling you about, and some of which we may just go down that road as, as the mood of the room suits. So uh, what I'm going to try to do uh, during the times that we kind of get into things where um, we didn't really plan that particular part of the presentation ahead of time, I'm going to try to put as many of the links as possible, huh? My name is is it? That's embarrassing. So, first, uh, oh, Mary Well, I got the important one right. So, uh, if you go to workshophandouts.com slash iBooks, um, I'm going to try to keep it updated throughout the presentation today. And if there are additional things that we talk about, which I'm going to go ahead and guess based on our presentations in the past, that there may be random bits of information that we don't really anticipate telling you about until we actually tell them to you. Um, I'll try my best to make sure that everything that gets uh, discussed today ultimately gets put on this particular page. So you don't have to madly write down web links or names of stuff as much as possible. I will try to take notes on this in the background as we chat about stuff today. Um, the other thing that I want to mention very quickly, kind of an introduction to this, is that um, ebooks as a general concept, um, I think, are becoming a more accepted means of uh, distributing information to one another. And something that I am extremely cognizant of is that we are at the point um, where I think ebooks have finally become a meaningful alternative to the print book in our kind of larger educational context. And the first time that I ever had a sense that ebooks might have some problems with um, kind of the voracious readers of our world is actually I sat in on a, a discussion panel uh, several years ago as part of a, a, an event with the Helen Education Foundation, and my topic was a paperless, the idea of a paperless world. And everyone that came to that, that, that uh, discussion table uh, was basically there to tell me how, how uh, they felt that the paperless world was something they weren't interested in. And uh, three or four people at the table, one of which included a newspaper reporter, another one who was an active author, all talked about the notion of the romance of holding paper in your hand. And I think at that particular time, this was around 2007, um, that there wasn't really great alternatives available to put something that was a meaningful analog to a book in your hands. Laptops were too big and kind of gangly. Electronic books were thicker than they needed to be and had lousy battery life and weren't great things to look at. And over the last five years, we've suddenly come up with literally uh, dozens of alternatives that suddenly make reading or mobile reading or portable reading a real reality in our world. And I think that's the context that we walked into now in 2012 as we talk about what does kind of a post-electronic reading world look like? Where do people want to read? What's convenient for a reader? What should we be expecting out of readers? And I think there's a little bit of moral panic going on about in a digital world, where does reading fit into those contexts? And where I think that we're, we need to start having this discussion is that the book may indeed be replaced by flat, portable, whether it's a backlit or non-backlit screen that's going to serve as a context in a book in our future world. Um, I'm not saying that books will always or will never um, have a context in our world. I think we will always have some element of print, although eventually I think the print book may too look more like an electronic book as we create paper and substances that can change and evolve over time. But I think we've come to the point where it's, it's reasonable to expect that our classrooms adopt some kind of electronic book format or expect that resources and materials are available in more than just the traditional means of distributing printed books. So what Mark and I want to talk a little bit about today is that we're going to use kind of iBooks or the iPad uh, vision of books as a large umbrella to talk about the evolution of where electronic books are going. And I agree with Martin very much in the, the notion that as great as I think the consumption of books are, where the power of this platform is, isn't necessarily the consuming of books and electronic devices. It's giving the power to students and teachers to create the content themselves. Suddenly, it's not a, a long shot to put a, a third grade class in the a role of author and actually have them publish a book to a wide audience. 
I'm going to show you some examples of that today. You can take media assets. You can take video and audio and pictures and put them together in some fairly persuasive multimedia packages that are extremely easy to publish to wide audiences. And something that's not been the case yet, partly because this technology is less than a year old, at some point I think that classrooms are going to start finding ways to actually monetize this. That if you can find a class that writes a clever or interesting or novel children's book, they could actually put it in an iBook store for $1.99 or $2.99 and use that to help fund future projects in an individual class. But that's going to get a little bit out there and we'll kind of get to that point once we get there. Yeah, I would much rather, that's something against bake sales, I would much rather buy EPUS, fundraiser, and cupcakes. Oh, question board. There you go. Anyway, um, yearbook. That's, that's actually where I'm headed. What, so we can kind of uh, adjust this to best serve your needs. Uh, let's take a, a moment for some quick, we're not going to use any of the fancy electronic polling. <laughs> raise your hand if you are an elementary teacher. Okay, raise your hand if you're a high school teacher. Raise your hand if you have a technology obligation with whatever you do. Okay, raise your hand if you ever created a digital book of any kind. Okay, raise your hand if you've ever consumed a digital book. Read it. How many use Kindles in here? iPads. Nooks? Other? What's other? My laptop. My okay. Laptop and my phone. Okay. How many teach using online resources? Good. Because that's the very easy to capture. Um, what we'd like to do is show you some different um, different ways to essentially populate an iBook as well. Uh, are there science teachers in here? Okay. Math teachers? English? Social studies? What else is there? Art? Computer science? Good. Okay. Uh, I thought I'd start with a topic that I know about but you don't and, and create an iBook using my favorite resource, Wikipedia. No arguments in here? Fact is your favorite? No. Fact is a good one? Yeah, <laughs> favorite. Um, but before we, yeah, go ahead. Before we uh, jump into iBooks, I want to know what your experience with PDFs is, because that's an area where we can spend a little bit of upfront time to make sure you understand that you can create these things and move them around. And they work beautifully in iBooks. iBooks is an Apple app. iBooks author is the uh, Apple app that runs on a on a uh, piece or on a laptop or desktop that allows you to create iBook content. But iBooks as the app, I can show you this. Let's go to go to an iPad number, or I think it's B. Let's see if this pops up here. Okay. Um, iBooks, as the app, basically is a storage and serving mechanism on the iPad. iBooks author, uh, if you haven't run it, go to um, is actually an app that allows you, it's like a word processing app that's on here somewhere, there it is, that allows you to create iBooks. Now, there were dreams about all kinds of things happening when Apple released this. Um, and personally, I use iBooks on my iPad with mostly non-iBooks author content. How many of you like that? Every conference I go to, including this one, I download all the stuff and it's in iBooks. I have gone, I, I've taken screenshots, I've taken downloaded maps, I just throw all that into iBooks. Everything ends up being piled in there because it's a great search for all of this stuff. It's easy to navigate, uh, it's fairly stable, um, but iBooks allows you to create very specific things that include um, audio files, video files, and even 3D modeling. PDFs do not allow any of that. So my message is, if it's text or pictures, and that serves your need very well, use PDFs. 
They're a lot easier, a lot simpler. You can easily move them around. I can show you how to, how to save almost any content as a PDF. If you are interested in enhancing the media, such as video or 3D modeling, iBooks is an excellent choice. Or if you really want to put a lot of pictures in it, um, iBooks is great because in the portrait view, most of the pictures are either removed or small. And all the media is gone. In the landscape view, it all appears. And what I love about that is um, I, I know that people consume information differently depending on the content, the need, the task, or the, the, um, what the point of reading is, and the duration. So if I want to just enjoy something, I'll tend to have a more media-rich environment. If I'm looking for an answer, I want to scroll through text until I find my answer. It can be the same thing here. It's like I would love it if I could strip a web page out to just what I need. Instead, I've got to dig through all this stuff. This simple rotation allows that. So if you've read it, consumed it, and now you're digging around, you can change the, the way it's presented. A PDF is a PDF. It's always going to look the same, and that's essentially the beauty of the PDF. So, any questions about PDFs? Are you, do you use them? Are you familiar with making them? How many use the print command to create PDFs? Anyone use other PDF creators? What do you use, Garth? Word. Word? Excellent. Almost all uh, word processors will allow you to save as a PDF and test it after you open it. Because sometimes I've noticed page breaks and things are blown apart. Formulas, yeah. Yes, well, on a Windows machine, you still have to install a cheap PDF or something like right. that. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I'm going to show that off, off of a Word or off of a print any other document. Print. Okay. Let's show you that quick slide because I think that's a, maybe a good basic lesson on really dead simple book creation. Like if you're using, and this also works in a lot of other contexts. For example, if you're a Kindle person, they don't look great, but you can oftentimes create PDFs that are somewhat effective of, of, of uh, creating books for the Kindle environment. The same is true of the Barnes & Noble Nook, but uh, go to content. Let's, uh, uh, it's a little bit different on Mac and PC. Of course, the Macintosh built this right into the operating system. So, um, Martin and I are going to have Mac snob, sorry. So, um, uh, so we're going to show you how to do that if you haven't done that before on a Mac, and, and then I'm going to show you a, a free and dead simple way of doing that on the PC. What I've done on the Mac side, I've, I've opened up some content. And when this finally loads, let's say I want to store this, share it as a, P, as a, as a PDF. Um, if I go to my print right here, I have choices right off. So I can save it. I can open up as a, as a preview. In fact, I recommend on a Mac doing that because preview is an incredibly powerful program. It's very simple. It's loaded in the OS. But if I open this up, uh, let me shrink this so you can see a little bit. And I'm going to open up my thumbnails over here. You see these? Well, is this important? Yeah, that's still important. I might get down, and let's say I get to the bottom and I don't want any of this stuff. I just deleted it, right? I'm going to start. I can actually, actually, I need the one I can work with. I can just dump this. I can go in and just get rid of stuff. So my PDF is now different. I've done this where there's a bunch of junk at the end, where there's stuff in the middle. Sometimes, um, anyone get any, any publications sent to them? I bet Garth does like Computer World and Network Manager and whatever. I get a lot of educational stuff too. They send it as a PDF. I want to use articles out of that for something. I will load it here and I'll delete everything except those two or three pages. And it arrived to me in an intact EPUB. And PDFs stripped it apart. I can also move these around. I can grab them and drop them in. I'm controlling this PDF um, in a way that you normally would need a full-blown acrobat to control. Once I have it, of course, I can just I could export it, save it as a PDF, give it a name, wherever I want, save 
Once it's there, on my wherever I put it, I can share it. Just like that. And I can do that with any website. Wes will tell you whether or not it's legal. I'm not a lawyer, nor have I played one on television. <laughs> but that's a very fast way to uh, um, to save content as PDFs. And of course, anytime you're using, um, say, a Microsoft product or or etc., even PowerPoint, um, in on the the um, Mac side, uh, the Save As command if under here has PDF as well. So I can create things in Word, and I often have two files. I've got my PDF, which is the one I send out to students, and I've got my Word, which allows me to edit it easily. Mm -hmm. And what? When the first Word came out uh, for 2007, they didn't include it. And I'm not sure why, because they had it in 2003, and Mac has had it in 04 and 08, and now it's in the, uh, the latest ones. I think there might have been some rifts with Adobe. Um, so then there was an, a third-party add-on. Um, but you can also um, find all kinds of converters. It's just a, an extremely fast way of making a solid chunk of content. It's essentially uneditable by the people who receive it. Unless they throw it in preview, you basically can delete stuff. You can also annotate on them. You can also open them in photo programs and then write on them and save them back. Um, it's a different file at that point, and it's flat. That's the thing. This is a totally flat file. It's not layered. Word processing is layered. You can move stuff around PDFs pretty much stuck. So that's a very fast way of grabbing content. And then, of course, once you have it, you can put it on any uh, iDevice. It loads right into iBooks, um, and you can save it there. In fact, I can... I'll, I'll demonstrate that in a little bit. Okay. You want to go into so, Yeah, so on the PC, it, it works basically the same. The only difference is that you have to uh, add some kind of third-party software to be able to automatically create PDFs in the print dialog. Um, I have a recommended one that's free. There's actually dozens of decent free PDF creators on the PC side, but the one that I like the best, largely because there are no licensing issues with it, is it's actually called PDF Creator. And there's a link on the uh, uh, workshop page uh, for you to go to. It's a, it's a piece of open source software. Um, it's, um, I would say, 99% stable. Um, occasionally it'll be a little wonky, but I installed it on a particular machine and found a piece of a content that I want to keep. Um, and, I'm, and I've been nervously looking at the Mars rover stuff um, as, as it's landed in the last couple of days. But quite literally, I've installed the, the, the PDF Creator software. It becomes a print option when I go to File and Print. And then all I need to do is press OK. It's going to give me several options that, frankly, I don't care about. Like, it does have some extended options for things like passwords and that sort of thing. But I, I don't care about any of this stuff. Like, this stuff, if I'm looking to make really quick, easy uh, PDF documents, um, I can simply go to Save, choose my desktop, and I've now created a PDF document. Uh, this is a slightly less nuanced um, way of creating a PDF document than the uh, Windows version because, largely because there is, um, I'm sorry, the Mac version because there is no editing suite here. Okay, I can't go in and modify things. You could theoretically um, uh, download a commercial software for this. The most popular one is, is uh, Adobe Acrobat, which is the commercial, the most popular commercial version of a PDF created software suite. It's about 99 bucks if you're a teacher. Um, it's worth it for those that create lots of PDFs, so I have a license to it, for example. But for 99% of what I'm going to do to create quick, easy, uh, on-the-go books, per se, or documents that I can use on, on an iPad platform, this is going to be more than good enough. You'll notice that it's now um, created for me a, well, in this case, a 23-page document. I cannot imagine what it's 23 pages and stuff. It's, that's the stuff you delete. Yep, there you go. Or, or ignored, you know, but again, it's, it's not point here, it's not that it's beautiful or that it's super clean or that it's you know, publishing quality. The point is, is that I want to create something that I can read on my tablet service without much, uh, much ado. I can just do it and, and go. And so from a personal reading standpoint, that's a really critical piece. Um, and also, um, and, and Martin's correct, that there's been some kind of mixed response for this in um, the uh, Windows versions of Word, but the most recent version of Word was Word 2010, and the newest version that we released either later this year or early next year, Word 2013. 
you can literally just go to save as, so create a new version of the document. So I've created the document here. If I go to file and then save as, you'll notice that one of my options in this very long list is a PDF, which creates a pretty clean PDF. So if you have a document you want to turn into um, a, a file for whatever purpose you want to use it for, which um, it may be a, a tablet or an e-reader or something that you want kind of on-the-go information, and this is a really great way of accomplishing that particular piece. Yeah, go ahead. Your are using Apple or Mac and you're using PC. If you create these for kids, what, and then you're talking about an iPad, are they going to be able to access this on any... Yeah, that's the power of using a, 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 a PDF format is that it's literally readable by almost every device. Almost every device available has some kind of PDF reader on there. And that's, and that's one of the things we're, we're going to kind of have to deal with in this, this kind of new era of multiple devices. You may have heard of a lot of schools that are going to bring your own device things, where they encourage students to bring their, whatever their purchase device is in the classroom, and maybe you buy a couple of extras that's, that's for students that can't afford new devices, and that's how you create one-to-one, right, that you, everyone has a device because we're encouraging kids to bring their own. I think it's a wonderful thing. I think it's a really great direction we're going into, but one of the question marks I have about this kind of strategy is that how do we create formats of things that are uh, universally readable by any device that students Bring in, and obviously the average teacher doesn't want to spend you know, even more than just a couple of minutes tweaking their stuff to make sure it's readable by whatever exotic device a student brings in. So finding formats like PDF, and there's a couple of other ebook formats that are really great universal formats. Using that as kind of your publishing platform, then kind of creates that universality that, that I think is kind of required in bring your own device system. Here's here's the other problem too is that. When you create something in a software, you can drop in things you can't do in the PDF. Yeah, right. So the you know things are created in a software are called multi-touch books. If you put in interactive like maps and globes and things, you can manipulate the fingers. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a you can do HTML and you can also do uh, Google SketchUp files. So there's, so there's things you can turn that are a little more interactive than just watching a movie um, or clicking on a link or something. Right, and we'll show you some examples of those a, a little bit later today. But you know, part of the point here is that there's a um, there there's really wonderful stuff, but it's sometimes device limited. Yeah. And in fact, the iBooks have the, the further arm said the multi-touch iBooks have the further problem that they're not even available on the iPod Touch or um, iPhone universally. They are intended for the. Yeah, they're intended for the, the, the um, iPad format. That's great if you're buying iPads for all your kids or you have one device for a kid that you're providing so everyone has the same platform. And in fact, that's what was exciting for me when I first saw iBooks Author is that that's a, I mean, here's a really great platform for creating for, for teachers and students, but that device, uh, uh, the device lock, I think, is a real issue that may initially limit its, its expandability. So any, this, this is... Uh, PDF library uh, in iBooks. Um, if I go back in iBooks under collections, you have books and PDFs. So this is a PDF library, and you can see here's the university strategic plan. Here's the uh, instruction manual to a bike rack, tax forms. These four here are conference sessions. That whole stack would be about six inches thick. Um, but the great thing which is kind of exciting, once you're in something like this, what if I want to find... I can search that entire PDF, which is hundreds of pages, and it will come up with things that I'm looking for almost instantly, which allows me then to jump to page 68 and see it. That's hugely powerful. Um, and it's, it's built in. Throw it in iBooks, download it, download the PDF, and you've got very powerful tools. Yes? Okay. If, if I'm understanding you right, yeah. anything that I have that's on a website, a blog or something, that I would like to save as a PDF, I can put it into my iBooks and save it that way. You can. Can I do this on my iPad? Yes. 
Well, a lot of times... on the Mac and how to do it on PC, but I haven't... It depends on the source. Um, I, I don't think you can. There are, well, there are ways you can, um, you can capture... I, and I've done this. I'll, I'll take screenshots um, with my iPad. It's clunky, and now it's an image, and you can save that. Um, I've done that, but I haven't actually... Because you can throw those into pages. Um, there, the easiest, the other, the other way I've done it. It seems like if this is mainly iBooks that were created for iPads, mm -hmm. it seems kind of silly that you can't create. One of the reasons is because you can't move enough media around. It's talking about thinking problem. I, I think S Y N C. I think. That's, I, you can get around that with email. Yeah, There's, I'll show you how to do that if we ever get on with this talk. Don't slow me down, Jason. Um, the, the issue is, on an iPad, you might have 16 to 64 gigs of stuff. There's a good chance I don't have 4,000 videos to choose from on my iPad. One, one possibility, um, I can go in and I can load content Wherever I put it here, um, on a um, should be here. Where is it? On my on a separate drive. This is actually a hard drive connected to my. Um, uh, it's right here. It's connected to my iPad. So you we are getting ways to move this content around. This, even though it's a little MacBook Air, you know, has got you know ten times as much storage. And so I can actually download stuff and then create iBooks with that stuff. When you iBook it, when you save it or export it, you actually can find it into that iBook um, file. So every picture, every audio file, every movie, these things can get big. The iPad, unless you get into you know, terabytes of storage, is really not designed for that. So that's why you don't, they don't have the same file structure. People would fill them up although they have anyway just by hooking a digital camera to it. That's you know, separate, but literally we're not quite there, but you can do an awful lot by kind of, I don't want to use hacking in the bad sense, but finding ways around things. I will use different programs to grab content, and I may have to leapfrog. I can save it in this program, which then allows me to open it in this program, which finally allows me an iBook drop-down menu. Um, that's getting beyond what we're going to talk about here, because that's that's like fixing stuff that doesn't exist. But we want to go through the basics. But here, I can actually connect it to a file structure um, and pull off, uh, like this Generation Gap M4A. I've got a movie on there. That movie, uh, those are small ones. There's a 61 megabyte movie. There's an 85 megabyte movie. Um, and I can stream those off this device so they never have to be resident on my iPad. So I could have uh, you know, a terabyte of content to build from. So that's one of the reasons we're probably going to get there. I don't know why these don't have huge RAM allocations, or I mean, uh, RAM allocations, because you've got so much um, potential now. You can buy, you know, 32, 64, 128 gigabyte cards for your camera for not a lot. Why can't I do that here? We'll get there. So as it turns out, there's an app that does that. So uh, it's called Web to PDF. I'm just when, did it, when was it released yesterday? I have no idea. So uh, it's $3.99. I just bought it, so I'm going to play with it here, and I'll let you know if it's worth the $3.99. But basically, it creates the ability to take a one button, like when you're on a web page in Safari, creates a button, says create a PDF out of this, and then it opens it up in iBooks. So I'll download it and let you know if it works. Okay. And then that, that that does that. I should have suspected that someone had any need you can think of. Somebody's probably working on it. Yeah. I mean, there's there's 400,000 apps, something like that. I mean, there's got to be something in there. He asked me a very interesting. Uh, just so you know, this um, it doesn't really affect us here, but um, in other countries, you can't use you don't have access to the iPhone store. Um, in Singapore, it's the same thing with, with Amazon, uh, Amazon, Amazon Play. I think it's probably because of copyright issues. I haven't gotten an award on what it is. Some of it is. Some of it is, is military munitions. 
If you read, you know the 64-page user agreement yeah. you clicked, I understand? There's, there's stuff in there. And literally, you can, if you export certain books or certain pages of material, it may be counted as munitions. And it's against the law to give those to other countries. So, well, the it's pretty weird. Basically, the teachers like Singapore can't buy places in I think the stuff gets caught up in it because... Yeah. Singapore, we're not at war with. Um, no, but, I mean, there's, there's, there's serious issues. If anybody is working with other schools right. or... The other, the other issue that's becoming a, a really big deal that e-books really change the nature of is that, you know, when a lot of the copyright and um, author agreements and contracts that people signed with publishing houses were kind of initially crafted over the last 50 years, no one envisioned a worldwide ebook market um, with a lot of those documents were created. And, yeah, and so there are a lot of instances where, for example, uh, like Random House has maybe uh, the rights to distribute book A from an author, but in a very limited context, and first one print in North America only. Uh, obviously, that means so much less in an electronic books world. So we're suddenly in a location where, in some cases, books are being held hostage by agreements that were signed, in some cases, decades ago, and you're trying to kind of renegotiate what that looks like. And I think we're going to see a lot of, uh, a lot of attention to that in the, the author world over, over coming years. So what I want to do now uh, is build an iBook for you, if I can find some pictures. Got to work. Morning here. Um, so what I've got, uh, I've opened up Wikipedia, iBooks Author, and iPhoto. So the first thing I'm going to do is this is the home screen for iBooks Author, and I can choose a book. I don't know about Earth Science. Basically, this is just nothing but a template with fake Latin in it. So you can see what this looks like. When you click on this, it doesn't allow you to keep any fake Latin. You're going to delete all of it as soon as you do something. What I'm going to do now um, is go to Wikipedia. I typed in Meteorite, and I'm going to actually copy this, Command A, um, Command C, copy it, come in here, Command V, paste. Takes a moment, that works. Do, do, you know, there we go. Did it come in? Okay. It may have taken too much normally. You can see I've got eight. I've got 20 pages of content here. Um, here's my. Uh, these are my pages. Okay. It's got all the little junk. I can go in. I can easily edit out this stuff if I want. Touch this up. I've grabbed it. I've just created a 20-page iBook right there. But there's no point in doing this because I could have just saved the pages as a PDF and. So I'm going to put content into it. What do I want to put into it? Well, maybe pictures. Well, plus, I can go up, and if I want, I can you know, retitle this. Uh, sectional title, maybe I'll put a different picture in. Uh, where do I get pictures? Anywhere. Uh, here's one. How about that? It's pretty common, right? Um, and I can just scroll on down here. See, I can go to a little bit larger one. I'll grab that. Maybe I'll put it on, um, shrink this window a little bit. And I'm doing this with a trackpad on an 11-inch MacBook Air, so no complaints. So, yeah, I'm going to drop that in right here, throw a little iron in, iron meteorite maybe right there, and I can move this around. I'm going to shrink this window here. Yeah, oh, it's, that's what's scary about this is you can really, you know, I can work at a fine level. Maybe I've got too many spaces here, so I might, you know, move some things around right there. You can see what this is looking like. I'm going to another page. What is this about naming? So I need a picture of naming. How about I go out to my eye... Um, I'll go to my iPhoto and find something. There's got to be an interesting picture here somewhere. Uh, how about this picture? Is that a good one? Yeah, that's a good one. What do I do? 
You can bring this up, bring this up, and drop that in. There it is. Yeah, should rotate it, right? Once you've got uh, something in here, you can easily um, you can grab it with your. Um, you can easily adjust, move around, break over pages, etc. The uh, if I want to put in, um, let's see, pictures on. Oh, that's on a movie. I didn't want that. Gotta use this. Um, I'm gonna go back into iPhoto and grab another picture. Um, maybe this one. That's a movie. That's a movie. What? A what? Yeah, actually, uh, I was looking for. Uh, here's a good one. Just grab this, drop this in. I can actually work with these, one over the other. If you go to arrange, that's where you can do. I might flip this horizontally because you want your elements moving in. This one, I guess I better uh, go in. Um, maybe I'll. Um, I'm going to bring it to the front, on top. Um, go to the next page. Let's see, what do I want? I want a 3D image of a meteorite slamming into a building in Australia. Um, well, the internet. And it turns out that I can go to Google's 3D warehouse. And let's see, meteorite. M-E-T-E-O-R. Okay, here's one. That's a good one. Slamming in. So I'm going to download this model, and I'm going to download it as a SketchUp file. Okay, it's up, whoops, it's up here. Why am I doing that? So I can throw it in my iBook. So I'm opening it up. It's going to crack open SketchUp right there. So here's my model. I don't want to go too fast. All I did is I downloaded a SketchUp file. SketchUp is Google's 3D imaging program. I'm going to say I'm going to export this. Why? Because I need to get it into iBooks. So I'm going to save it as instead of a Google Earth file, I'm going to save it as a Collada file. It's going to go into my downloads, just noticing where it's going. Export. I'm going to say, go back to my iBooks, and I need to get that file, so I'm going to go into my file management system here and do it however you want. Sometimes nicer with the larger screen. It was in downloads. There it is. Caesar. Wow. Okay, the other stuff. Okay, so I drop it in. It's thinking. If it takes too long, you can actually use the widget. If the, depending on the media, I think it's loading now. Yeah. Um, the widget will allow you to choose the, um, the right thing. Come on. There. Okay. Ignore that. And why didn't it load right? Okay. I'm going to move this in. Now. I want to know what this book is looking like at the moment. I'm going to throw one more thing in, and then I'm going to check it on an iPad. I'm not sure why that one. Uh, I'm going to throw it. In. I'm going to go in, do it again. Um, whoops. Uh, it's not. This one isn't loading right, so I'm, I'm just going to leave it because I'm going to test it on the iPad. Um, and I'm going to drop in something else. I'll click on my widget button. I'm going to go to 3D, and then it gives me a window to drop it in. Sometimes. That helps. Drop this same one. Actually, you know what? That's on file. That's on. Maybe. It's telling me it won't run right. 
I'll explore these in a moment. So, what I've got, uh, let me throw a movie in too. I'll go ahead and do that. Uh, I've got one on, a desk, on the desktop here. The movies have to be M4. Uh, these and Jason made me clean up my desktop. Uh, now I can't find it. It used to be like over here on top of something else. What was it? It was called uh, Yellowstone. I'll just do this. Here it is, right here. Let go. So I've got a video here. I'm going to go back into my iBooks and I'm going to drop this video in. There it is. And of course I can adjust it wherever I want. This is a picture I took of somebody, actually a movie of a woman from Japan going to see how hot the mud pots are in Yellowstone. That's why there is, in new digital cameras, one button recording. You can be doing anything, there's one button you hit to instantly record. So, we'll watch that on an iPad in a second. Now, there's a couple of things I can do at this point. One, I can publish this. If I click publish, I'm going to save this as um, iBook demo and throw it right on my desktop. Why am I doing that? Because now I've got the file and I can send it anywhere I want. I'm going to email it to myself and open it on another iPod in just a second. I can also publish it directly to an iPad. And this is the thinking thing. If you follow the directions, this is what it tells you to do. Well, I don't read directions. I'm one of those. Okay, so... I know. But I do download them as a PDF and put them in my iBooks library in case I ever need them. It's loading. These These are getting big. This iBook file can get big. I've got a movie in it. I've got a bunch of pictures. Um, Okay, the next thing I'm going to do is click the word publish. Now, untitled, I'll say iBook test 2. Whoops, I didn't want to, I want to say, sorry, preview. That's what I meant to say. There are no devices. Oh, picky, picky, picky. So, got to grab a device, plug it in with a cord. All right. Now, in order to do this, it wants iBooks open. So there it is. Click that. Click preview. So it's have make sure iBooks is open. iBooks is open. So this is what's going on. On. Oh wait, I disconnected it. Sorry. This is what's going on here. I've got an empty shelf. Oh, I better go to my books. It'll take just a second, and then a book will appear over here. Actually, I should have checked how big that thing is. I got an email now in front of you. And there it is. It just showed up. It's loading right now. There it is. Oh, I didn't change the title. There's the movie. It's loading. Come on. Okay. I'm going to connect this one. You can see. Now I'm on my iPad. Here's the book. Here's the 3D model. Uh, This one isn't working. I need to figure that out. I'll load another one. And if I turn it this way, look at that. There's all my content. Stripped out. I'm going to throw something else in. See the difference? They're off to the side. I can run my movie. There it is. I know you want to see the movie, so I'll actually go up front to it. Let's see. So here it is. It's in Japan, in Japanese as well, just in case you didn't know. I learned a lesson on this YouTube video. Nobody cares about this. They just want to see the person walk up to it. So here it goes. I turn around and look. You listen. My son's like, that's not very smart. Anyway, 
and then I'm back. So all I did is drag and drop through things where I wanted them. But now, remember, remember that file I put on my desktop, um, iBooks Demo. It's right here. If I open it up, I've got three files. One of them has this iBooks extension. That's the one I need to email. I'm going to notice it's 59 megabytes. Unfortunately, that one is not going to email, even with Google. Um, but what I can do is go in and I'll just delete the movie. I'm going to republish it. Whoops. I'm on another desktop here. Get back. Where am I? Here I am. Um, I'm going to go in, publish. iBook email. It should go now. If not, that other demo thing is too big. I should have dumped one more. The 3D thing shouldn't be that big. But we'll see. Shouldn't. Let's see. And then I've got another iPad here that I'll just email it to myself on. It's connected to the internet actually. Test that while that's working. Later. Okay, let's check that one. iBooks email. I'm going to crack that open. 14 megs. I should be able to send that. So what I'll do is I'll quickly zip over to an email. And I'll email it to myself. These reminders for email names. Okay, compose. What are you downloading, Jason? Give me some bandwidth. Yeah, slow. Alright, what are you guys doing? There we go. Okay. So I'm going to send it to myself here. Um, Got some desktop, iBooks email test. I don't need the whole thing. All I need is that one file. Choose, send. So it's uploading. Now, if I go over here, this is kind of interesting. Look at that. That's what was on the top of my. Uh, no, this is on my iPhone. I mean, uh, my iPad. This is Wes's book. I clicked on the. Uh, link he gave us this morning for the free book and downloaded and this is I didn't then left it. This is it. So if I open it in iBooks, this is what you'd see is probably done. It's gonna take forever. It's a big book. Well I'll skip out here. I'm gonna go to Gmail. I'm not patient either. But it doesn't matter because it hasn't sent. Um, go back into the right network. I'm set up for a Y drive. I need to go back to Y maps. The Y drive does allow me to um, this thing. I can feed through it to the internet, but it's a little bit slower. So I can actually get content off of here and also go out to the internet. So now I'll go back in. Why do you use instead of like Dropbox or Box? Um, a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, I like objects, especially shiny ones I can put Apple stickers on. Um, no, in reality, one of the reasons is I can give this to anybody. I don't have to give access to a Dropbox account. It works anywhere, independent of internet. It's a hotspot, basically. Oh, wow. So I don't need to, I could be in the middle of nowhere and still use this and move stuff, move content back and forth onto it. It's like it, you wish you could plug a thumb drive in. Well, it's a thumb drive. And also, I can set up, I think, four total people can be on this at one time. So if you have iPads and somebody makes a movie and they can export it onto this thing, then they can share it with other people. Or I can load movies on it, and this actually will um, stream the movies. So I could have like four or five movies. Okay, so here it is. Here is... The wrong account. Nope, there it is. Okay. Okay. Here's my e my books. If I click on that, oh, here's the email. 
It just arrived. That's the attachment. What it's doing is downloading the attachment. You sent it from your I sent it with a, just a Google email. The iBook I just built, 14 megabytes. What it's doing now is downloading the attachment. It may say, we can't do anything with this attachment. Well, duh. It's proprietary, but it does give me a choice. And I'll choose, in this case, open in iBooks. So now it pops open iBooks. It's probably going to need the other collection. There's the book. There it is. I can jump around in here. This is not working. I'm going to have to load another one of those. And I didn't put the movie in. But same thing. I can turn it. It's, it's full iBook, just like the other one. It's that easy. You just throw content in and shove it around. It's a, it just think of it like a JPEG, like off of your digital camera. It's just a file. The computer figures out, oh, what do you want to do with this thing? As long as you have an iPad. As long as you have an iPad, correct. It's, it's an or, Apple... Or does it have to be an iPad or does it have to be a laptop? It doesn't open... I, uh, is there an app now? Does anyone know? Yeah, I think there is. Yeah, there is an app now because there's there is. I don't know. For iBooks, yeah, on on a on a Mac platform, you can open up. You have to open up. But you can open up the raw file on your your Mac. I don't believe it. I totally believe it. Well, I've told you that from the Apple thing that it's designed to preview and open only in the iPad right now. And that's, I mean, and that's, and we're going to discuss this a little bit, a little bit later when we talk about what people are doing with iBook Author. But and that's that's some of the bottom line here is that if you're in a completely Apple ecosystem, which is fine if you're Martin, you're fine if you're me, um, fine if you're in a, a computer lab environment that predominantly uh, adopts Macs, and that's that's a lot of tools. I mean, that's not a unusual phenomenon. Then I think iBooks Author makes a lot more sense. But I mean, there there is that limited context where. Um, it only opens up in, in, in that one particular element. Uh, you know, Apple is not very famous for making cross-platform pieces. Um, it hasn't been for quite some time. I thought that they could probably do a lot with iBooks Author if they created apps for other platforms to be able, in the same way that Kindle's done that, it would be a challenge because of the nature of the iBooks and the interactivity piece of those. But I mean, that's, that's one of the downfalls of the platform. I'm going to go ahead and throw in a smaller file just so you can see that. Remember, just as I was mentioned, the, the reason you don't use a PDF is because you need richer media. Movies don't play in PDFs. 3D modeling doesn't play in PDFs. The 3D, this 3D warehouse has gazillions of things in here. I mean, and so if I wanted to do, you know, I'm doing science, DNA is a DNA molecule. So it's a way of adding playable content. Literally, download, this one's an old one, version 5. If I go in here, I've got several going on. I'm going to open up another one. This is a tractor, hopefully. There it is. Okay, I'm going to export this and, and drop that in, see if this one works. Um, Export. So there we go. 3D model. I want that file. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to call it something I'll remember. Sorry. Um, um, I'm going to leave it in the downloads just because that's where it's mapped already. What this, the reason for doing 3D models, you know, it has to increase the uh, the comprehension of whatever the content is, not put in play toys. So you really want to read it. So that's why PDFs, you might be able to do 60, 70% of everything you want. But we know that the, you know, an interactive visual medium can really increase the student's ability to control their own um, consumption. They can do things different. Google Earth, to me, makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's how I see the world. So if I read a book, and I'll be talking about this this afternoon, like um, you know, the Odyssey. I want to know where this took place. I want to know what these places look like. I want to see this stuff. Otherwise, you know, I, that's not how my imagination works. You know, I might as well be on Mars. 
So, here's, um, let me get rid of that. I'm going to go back over here. Hopefully get this one to work. Come on. Um, in my iBook, I'm going to go to my widgets. I'll do a 3D here. If you notice in the widgets, pictures, media, etc. Here's where you put the HTML if you have that. But I just literally drag it to it. So I go back over. I'm going to go to my um, downloads. I want Red Tractor. I'm going to drop it right on there. Maybe this one will work. Okay, there it is. I'm going to strip this thing down by getting rid of some of these other things. Delete that. Okay. I'll delete some. I'm going to use this same iBook. I'm just going to delete some of the content to uh, strip it down to show you what these will do. Um, I'm going to say preview. Oops. On board. Here we go. updating my preview. Kick you on here. I may as well make sure it works, right? Okay, this works. Yay. So this is what's supposed to happen. I have got my my iBook. Okay, so you can see some of the same stuff. Okay, when I get out here to the tractor, what does this do? It would allow me you know, the 3D modeling. If I swipe it, I can go full size. So you can see where, let's say for molecules in chemistry, you might have an advantage. This is all um, in the iBook. And of course, if we uh, landscape this thing, it just disappears so you're not cluttering it. If you choose it, then it pops up full screen. Google SketchUp is the program that handles these files. You can create them. The students can create them. That's a whole different session. I just go to the, uh, the 3D warehouse and do a search. You download the file of what you want. Let me bring it up here. You download the file you want by just clicking download. Oops, I'm not. Right here, by clicking download, once you have that file, literally you can go right in and just double click on it. You have to have Google SketchUp loaded on your computer. Once you have it in Google SketchUp, you can modify it if you want to, etc. But then you export it as a 3D model in this file format. It might come up as this, won't run on an iPad. It'll run in Google Earth, but then it's tracked to somewhere on, actually out in space probably. So there it is. You hit, uh, I'll just give it a name I know, exporting it, and then it's a drag and drop right in dialogues. So we put in pictures, put in movie, put in 3D, put in text. Questions? That's, it's a compression format that um, 3D modeling. That's your only choice in Google SketchUp that works with iBooks. That's just your, your choices. Um, once it's in there, you can literally find it. Um, it was called DNA DNA. I'm going to just drag and drop that one in. 
thinking. We just need a little music in the background here. Is there anything close that you see to get for Eiffel Tower? No. When they're, you know, well, I know the Microsoft Surface tablet may be enough because they're, I don't want to say it in a mean way, but basically kind of stabbing their OEM partners in the back. I mean, I think Microsoft's back in their game. I think they may actually start pushing things because they're not, they apparently aren't as beholden to the, the, um, the hardware community, which means Apple may not be able to get away with some of the things. Google's a player now. Amazon's going to push theirs. You know, so I think Microsoft may have enough uh, momentum, enough money, enough engineers to really start to, you know, provide their ecosystem um, with wonderful apps. I don't know yet, and I don't know how much. The last Microsoft tablet I used in a demo. Um, early on with this stuff. It was pretty cool, but it was $1,500 and it waited time. They're, they're, they're basically risking an awful lot. I think you need to. Which means if they come out with something hot and it's simple, why would you continue to use something that's kind of a little clunky and, and enclosed? Obviously the virus isn't malware, spyware, that's an issue, but I think it may really ramp up if it works, and people embrace it, it may really ramp up the competition. And I, yes. So with your experience, is there, is there going to be a Nook, a Kindle, a Surface come out with a USB port? That you know, I mean. That, a what? A USB, USB port for thumb, thumb drive memory. I think that that's the plan on the initial Microsoft Great Surface. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, I don't think it'll be a USB port. Well, maybe. It most likely will be a micro SD card slot. Um, part of the reason is uh, the power requirements for USB. Part is it, it defines form factor because you've got a certain size, and that size has to fit. Um, if it is, I mean, it's certainly a small USB. Um, most likely there's going to be a lot more wireless stuff, and, and I think people just want access to things quickly. There, you can plug stuff in, I you know, this is her iPad, and I saw she was trying to type on that screen, which I don't, I mean, it would have bugged me the whole time. <laughs> so I said, here, use a keyboard. I've got this keyboard, this is the camera connection kit, I just plugged the wireless transmitter from that into here, got a warning saying it doesn't work. Well, of course it does. <laughs> you know where I learned that? Assistive technology, R.J. Cooper. He says everything, he plugs into the camera connection kit and tries it. And some things work. It doesn't know it works. So it doesn't recognize it. It doesn't recognize it. It doesn't recognize it. Usually it's a low power one. On this one, um, I think I just exported it. No, if I exported it, I'm going to. I'll um, return to this unless it happens fast. I tried to strip down the, the file. I've got a 3D model of the DNA now in my book. I grabbed it, saved it, exported it in SketchUp, dropped it in there. So that's the extent of what you need to know to do it. There are 2.0 tools, though, that also create ebooks where you can insert video, sound, even flash objects. So in the middle of your text, you could have a sim or sure. a little game or something like that. So if you're on a PC platform, there's certainly what options. Well, let, let me talk about the one piece of that. What, so what format do they create that allows for a flash object to be integrated? Uh, you know, I don't know. I talked That's to interesting. Person. So what, what, yeah. do you know the name of the tool? That uh, I was thinking about my ebook, for example. And one of the things that bugs me about some of the apps for the iPad that are ebook creators is that when you go to send them to somebody, or you know, you, you try to save them and create a link, sometimes it saves it as a flash file. And so the people, you know, the kids trying to access it can't. 
Which ones will be used on the yeah. iPad? Well, I, I work with really narrative, so I'm thinking like uh, oh, little presentation things like a story kit, for sure. example. It, it'll save it as a PDF. Sure. Or, or it'll save it as Flash, and the kids can't open it. Right. Yeah, the Flash thing, I, believe it or not, I think the last stat I heard was 45%. Um, of the videos online that are being created or using Flash, something like that. It might even be lower than that now. It used to be, I think, in the 90s. Remember when Apple said we're not supporting Flash? Well, they have very good reasons for it. And in fact, we've got problems on campus. We've got crashes on machines. We've got, you know, with the, the virus potential. Um, we, and it's kind of, made, you know, Jason said a max knob. I, I like to do things with reckless abandon. And I don't like barriers. Now, obviously there are barriers when you're, you know, flash, yes, I pulled my hair off and I can't open this. I don't believe it, you know. This, I want to see this guy's Amazon review of this new digital camera, but it's in flash and I you know, just got an iPad. This is ridiculous. On the other hand, I've never had a problem with any malware, spyware. I've never had viruses. I've never, you know, occasionally I crash it. But sometimes I'll drift over to something else. And it's like, I don't believe people are still in this world. <laughs> yeah, I don't get a flash video every once in a while. But on the other hand, I'm zipping around, doing a lot of the stuff. Uh, I want to say recklessly, and there's a lot of places I don't go. But the world is, I mean, it's like being in Disneyland versus New York City. You know, you can relax a little bit more in Disneyland. No, it's not 100% safe, but by golly, they're confining it. They've got police. and Well, you know, I kind of like that sometimes. But I can always go to New York City if I want. Wes? And I've used the Puffin browser just to access Flash right now, so... Well, that works okay for the video, but not for most games. Um, I know so, uh, Yeah, I've had a fairly good luck with that, too. It's the best one. So um, I was informed a moment ago that, that the water that was supposed to be the break an hour ago has suddenly appeared outside. So we're going to go ahead and take a five-minute break when you're back, and I will jump in and do my part of the demonstration. So let's take five minutes, come back, and then we'll talk a little bit about... They want to hear the real stuff. Now. And if you've got questions that are off topic or beyond what we're doing, um, please ask them.